morning, everyone. Hope you are having a great Memorial Day weekend. So with the vote this morning on a new youth pastor, I was thinking, you know, this is a bit of a milestone for our church, kind of an exciting event. But then that got me thinking about other milestones. We are getting a new elevator, and I know a lot of you are excited about that. A new handicapped bathrooms, a new entrance that's going to be more welcoming. There's a lot of these milestones that we are hitting. But you know, it's not just the church and the staff that are hitting some milestones. Our senior pastor actually hit a couple of milestones this year. Pastor Brandon, would you come up and join me for a little bit here? (laughs) There will be no math, so you're set, okay? Okay. Um, How many of you here, by a show of hands, know that Brandon turned 40 this year? Wow. They're really keeping close ties on you. <laughs> That's really something. Um, okay, so here, here's a more difficult one. How many of you knew that Brandon has been here for 10 years as senior pastor? Whoa! I, I don't know about you, but I'd be checking for bugs at home. I'm thinking <laughs> it's, it's either that or somehow we snuck out an email to the entire congregation without your knowledge, letting them know. <laughs> It's one or the other, you know, you can check on the bugs and and see about that. So um, something that you guys may not know about Pastor Brandon is that his dad is also a pastor. Is that kind of cool? So this is second generation. Pastor Tom, can you come on, join us up here? I want people to be able to see you. Let me just... See, I'm not the only one that feels short next to this guy. Well, no, I'm short to both of them here. So. <laughs> um, so, you know, isn't this awesome? Two generations? That's, that's, that's really, really cool. You know, I, I was thinking it would be fun sometime to have you speak, give the sermon here. <laughs> yeah, that that would be a, <laughs> a, a really fun thing to do. It would just be kind of hard to, to arrange it and, and so forth. You'd have to talk to Brandon about it. But I think he would be for Wouldn't that be fun to hear you, you know what? I mean, he, he's here right now. What, what do you think? <laughs> would, you, would, you, would you be willing to give the, the sermon this morning and, uh, and, and lead us? Um, okay. All right. Hey. There we go. Can you believe it? All right. Just, just because I have a lot of worried looks on your faces, just let you know, we talked about this beforehand. <laughs> And, and I'll tell you what, I was really nervous that the two of them were going to talk and I was going to be having to do, and I have nothing prepared. <laughs> we, we have the freedom to withhold some information from your pastor. <laughs> I don't know how he feels about that, but we're taking that, we're taking that freedom now. So it's so, all uh, yours. Okay. You're, you're on and live. Okay. Thank you. I'm going to be in trouble with staff meeting. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. We do have that freedom, and we do have a lot of freedoms this morning. Um, I, just, I just want to invite you, if you would, to pray with me, if you would, please. Dearest Lord Jesus, I pray that the words that are going to come out of my mouth the next few minutes and the thoughts that are going to appear in each of us the next few minutes, dear Lord, I pray that they will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight because, Lord, you are like a rock to us, And you are also our Redeemer. And amen. 
It hasn't been very long since Easter. If I looked at the calendar, it's been about five weeks, 35 days. And in the church for many, many years, the church has celebrated Easter not as one day, but as a season. Because scripture tells us that the risen Christ walked on earth for 40 days, and therefore the church has, has celebrated Easter as a period of 40 days. So we are still officially in the season of Easter. So I've chosen today a scripture from Luke's report, the gospel according to Luke, uh, Luke's report on uh, the events in Jesus's life. We want to remember that in this report, we're going to hear read here in just a little bit, there were two followers, and uh, in addition to the 12 apostles, there were other followers, and this this report is about the other two of the other followers, and um, we want to remember that their leader, who was Jesus, had just been executed three days before this report. There were rumors, this report occurs in the afternoon of the day of the resurrection. So there were rumors going around that the tomb of Jesus was empty, and at that time, that afternoon of the resurrection, there were well, there was confusion. And so this is, the, uh, this is Luke's report, Luke chapter 24. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he, Jesus, said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? The two of them stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know these things that have taken place there in these days? He, Jesus, asked them, What things? The two of them replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Then Jesus said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and the prophets, Jesus interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. And that is the word of God for all of you because you are the people of God. I'd like for us to each take just a, a moment to consider miracles. Miracles maybe you've heard of, maybe miracles you've, you've seen happen, or maybe you could consider miracles that have been part of your life. Miracles. As I was going to define the word miracle, I was going to say a miracle is something that I can't explain without using logic. Um, 
I don't know if any of you all see the, saw the movie Breakthrough that was out. Yes? Okay, I see a, several people had seen that, the movie Breakthrough. It's about, uh, it, it, was a, it was a Christian movie, a faith-based movie that appeared just not too long ago in the theaters. It made national, uh, made the statistics nationally as far as being a popular movie. And it, I'm from Missouri. It actually happened based on a true event that happened in Missouri about two hours from where Brandon grew up, uh, close to St. Louis. And it's about three uh, young teenagers who fell through the ice into a lake. Two of them survived. The other one, the uh, rescue people had to get his body out of the water. Um, the, they did um, CPR and all, uh, took him to the hospital and worked on him for a long, long, long period of time. They finally gave up hope. His mother was there. She prayed over him. He came back to life and ended up uh, healthy with no brain damage or any problems after being in the water for 30 minutes. For 30 minutes. Certainly it was a, definitely a miracle. One of the amazing things about that movie is they also addressed how every time, not every time, sometimes when Christians pray for a miracle, miracles don't occur. And that's, that's, a, that's a fact of, of reality of this life here on earth. And they, they even address that uh, in that movie. So miracles, that's what that movie was all about. The dictionary defines miracles as an extraordinary event manifesting divine intervention in human affairs. So miracles, in other words, event uh, that becomes real, something that's real uh, because of God's intervention in our lives. So a miracle is a supernatural event. Uh, a miracle is a sign, in my mind, that God is alive and works among us, is working among us. And I would say a miracle is something that we didn't see coming that we didn't see coming, okay? So back to the scripture, I think there's lots of places in the Bible that are supernatural events, things we can't explain with logic. I could go through those lists of, uh, of Bible scriptures that illustrate that, but I believe this scripture that I read to you illustrates this in a very strong way. This event occurred in the afternoon of the uh, resurrection, and certainly the resurrection would be the most supernatural event that we, the greatest miracle we could ever imagine. Uh, no one saw it coming either. That's the definition of a miracle. So this event happened on that afternoon. Luke had spent a lot of time, Luke had spent the, the verses in chapter, uh, in chapter 24 telling about the resurrection of Jesus, how the women went to the tomb, found the tomb empty, and uh, two, two people in white appeared there and, uh, and then it also, Luke also refers to how Peter went to the tomb, and then he didn't, he didn't understand what had happened. That's what happened in the morning. So Luke takes a portion of chapter 24 to tell that, and then he takes twice as long in chapter 24 to tell this story that I just read, this report that I just read. So it happened on the afternoon that they uh, went to the empty tomb. And so now these two followers of Jesus were leaving Jerusalem, walking, to the town in Emmaus. Anybody ever been to Jerusalem before? Anybody been to the Holy Land before? Okay. I've not been there. Um, I've not been there. There's, we have a pic, this is a painting that, that depicts the walk to Emmaus with the two strangers walking down the road. Of course, that was about the only way to travel those seven miles from Jerusalem to the town of Emmaus. And it is on the, in the Bible maps, Emmaus is. 
looks to me like it's a little farther than seven miles, but that's what Scripture says, seven miles. I don't know if the outside of Jerusalem, the land outside of Jerusalem actually looks like this. looks pretty green to be, to be around Jerusalem, Jerusalem to me. But anyway, there's two strangers there, and that's Jesus walking with them, and they did not know it was Jesus at that time. So they were on the way to the village called Emmaus. We don't know why he was headed there, why they were headed there. Uh, uh, maybe they were scared. They were confused. Uh, maybe that was their home, and so they were there leaving Jerusalem. Maybe they thought they were going to be the next ones to be crucified. But anyway, they were going to that village, and Jesus appeared to them. And, uh, but they didn't know it was Jesus. Now, that's another miracle, too. The risen Christ walked with them, not as a corpse, not as a zombie, not as, a, not as an angel floating in the air. Jesus appeared as a real body, a real person to them, but they didn't know it was Jesus at the time they were talking with them. And Jesus was, and this stranger then explained to them everything that they had been confused about or concerned about or, or that kind of thing. And there is that, there is that famous painting. So I'm going to read the rest of this report. Uh, it was kind of long, so I'm breaking up the scripture in different parts, and we're going to pick up on verse 28, and this continues Luke's report. As the three of them came near the village to which they were going, and that's Emmaus, he, Jesus, walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged Jesus strongly, saying, Stay with us because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he, who they didn't know who he was, went in to stay with them. When, they, when Jesus was at the table with them, he took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And then he vanished from their sight. So Jesus, my... my uh, it's exciting to stand up here because all four of my grandkids are here today, the two from Port Washington and two from Missouri. <laughs> and uh, and uh, they would say Jesus pretended as though he were walking on and wasn't going to go in to stay with them. Jesus pretended he was walking on. But they, 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 they said, come in and stay with us. And while they were sharing that meal together, uh, he took bread and he blessed and broke it. Does that sound like the celebration of Holy Communion, similar to that. Yes, and that's what Jesus did. And that's when their eyes were opened, and they finally recognized who it was that had been walking with them as a stranger and explaining everything to them and who they had invited in. And, uh, and so the, uh, here's another miracle. Jesus vanished from their sight. <laughs> I've never experienced anything like that in my life. You know, magicians do illusions to make things disappear, right? Well, this is not an illusion. This is a miracle, something that, that happened. So there's more to this scripture, and I want to continue it now. We're beginning in verse 32. The two of them then said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while that stranger Jesus had been talking to us on the road and while he was opening the scriptures to us? So that same hour, the two of them got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then the two of them told what had happened on the road and how he, the stranger Jesus, had been made known to them 
in the breaking of the bread. Their hearts were burning. That was more than just a person explaining something to them. It, the explanation touched their heart in a very powerful way, touched their soul. That's what we mean when we, I think, when we say our hearts are on fire, our hearts are burning. Something special had happened there and touched, touched them and more than just giving them head information. And it's pretty amazing because those two people had been walking that seven miles. How long would that take? Two hours, three hours, four hours to walk seven miles down that road, and it was probably getting dark. They didn't want to be out of town. They didn't want to be on the road in the dark because uh, there were robbers and all kinds of bad things that happened to them, and so they were glad. They were probably tired after walking seven miles, but they were so excited, they got up and walked back the seven miles to Jerusalem, probably in the dark, probably in the dark to tell their companions, the, 12, the 11 apostles and, and their other friends, what had happened. And that's what they did. But when they got there, things had been happening to them, to the, to the 11 and, and to the other followers in Jerusalem, because they said, when they got back there, they said to the two that had walked to Emmaus, the Lord has risen, and he appeared to Simon. So things had happened during that day. And then the two that walked to Emmaus told them what had happened to them on the road on the way to Emmaus. So we're talking about miracles, things a lot of miracles in that story, it's a lot of things in our lives, something you didn't see coming, and it happens. Miracles happen a lot in our lives. It happens a lot in our lives, and at the time they happen, we oftentimes don't see them happening. Now, if you, if you, had, a, uh, if you had a child that was born 40 years ago, when I was 27, and you watched him grow up as a shy, reserved, quiet person, and same thing as he got older in his teenage years, you would not think that he, one of his main jobs was to stand in front of a group of people every Sunday morning, would you? You would not have seen that coming. You would not have seen that coming. And if you watch this young man grow up, um, Believing in Christ, but not having a burning heart for Christ as he was growing up, you would not think that he would become a pastor someday. <laughs> uh, even though he was in worship every Sunday, he went to school every Sunday school every Sunday, he was in youth group every Sunday, you would not have thought those things happened. His heart was not burning as a young teenager for Christ, even though I, he did believe. Now, if you watch this young man through high school years and college years, and he didn't date, and there's nothing wrong with that, you would not have thought that later in his life he would fall in love with the love of his life and be married and have a family. You would not have thought that. Now, it maybe seems too extreme to call those things miracles, but... There are things that we didn't see coming, and you couldn't have predicted with logic. And in my mind, God's hand was in all those things in a very powerful way. Greg said that I've been a pastor. I've only been a pastor for nine years. I was a full-time dentist for 38 years. I love being a dentist. And I was encouraged. I felt like God was encouraging me, called me 
to become a pastor, and so I've been a part-time pastor for nine years. I did not go to seminary as your pastor did. I've taken a few seminary classes, fulfilling the requirements in a United Methodist Church to be, to be a pastor. But it's not like father like son by any means because he was called to the ministry before I was. And it's not like father like son either because my call was different than his was. And not, I was called not because my son was an example to me. So that's, that's, again, the hand of God in work. Now, you may hear a later on, or you could talk to the people who were on the search committee when, when, they, were, when they were searching for a pastor at the time uh, Pastor Brandon was chosen. And I remember vividly when his mother and I my wife, Judy, and I went to his graduation from seminary uh, in Chicago area, and Dr. Nyquist, um, Brandon, one of Brandon's uh, uh, favorite professors and uh, mentor to him, he had, it's, at the time, his mom and I, too logical, sometimes, sometimes think things over too much. Uh, I can remember us thinking at the time he's graduating, well, he doesn't have a job now that he's graduating. Parents, can you relate to that? And so we were worried about that. And I can remember, I can remember Dr. Nyquist saying, what do you think about that position at Freedens? And his mom and I thought, man, the search committee is looking for someone with a minimum of five years preaching, you know, pastoring experience and this and this and this. None of, Brandon doesn't fit any of those categories. And I can remember vividly thinking the only way that could work out is if God's hand was in on that. And here he is, 10 years later, without a doubt in my mind, that could not have happened without God's hand being part of that. So miracles are things we could not see coming. Miracles are evidence that God is active and at work in our lives. <laughs> yes. I want to say thank you to all of, all of you the people, the church of Freedens, for loving Brandon and his family during these past 10 years, during these first 10 years. Thank you very much. Thank you. His mom and I say thanks. I believe the scripture that we read from Luke chapter 24 is evidence that God wants to walk with us, just like he walked with those two people on that road to Emmaus. God wants to walk in our lives and help us celebrate during the good times, wants to comfort us and guide us during the difficult times in our lives, and wants to teach us like Jesus was doing to those two strangers on that road. Jesus wants to walk with us in our lives. And, and, and God also wants us to invite Christ in to our lives. Just like on that road, Jesus pretended to walk on past Emmaus, and those two followers invited him to stay with them, I believe that's what God wants for us, too, is to invite God into our lives and Christ into our lives. I believe that God is alive and works in our lives in powerful ways. And I believe that God is alive and wants to work in our lives even more than, God's, than we're allowing God to work in our lives now. Yes. And I believe we're encouraged to take time to include God in our lives and invite 
God to be part of our lives in a strong and powerful way. And I also believe that we are encouraged by this scripture to be aware of miracles in our lives, of God working in our lives. Yes. In addition, something that the scripture didn't mention, but I believe fits in very much with the miracles here, is that uh, we are called as followers of Christ to allow God to work through us to bring miracles to other people's lives, to help people accept Christ, to help them get, have their heart be burning for Christ, to help people during their difficult times to be able to get through those difficult times, to help in their lives. We can be a miracle to other people, just like Christ was a miracle on that road, helping them understand and getting them through their difficult times of seeing their leader uh, put on trial and executed and, and laid in the tomb. Yes, I believe that. Now, <clears throat> I would like to lead us. I, um, I was hesitant when, when the, well, I wasn't hesitant. First, I wasn't hesitant at all. A few weeks ago, uh, Judy and I got a, a message, maybe from Shelly, I don't know, saying, could you come to Port Washington on Memorial Day weekend? Well, oftentimes we have in the past, but there's going to be a special celebration for Brandon that day. And I, we thought, Great, we can be there, no problem. And then later on, I got another email. And it said, uh, it said, oh, Brandon's been working really hard. Pastor Brandon's been working really hard lately. You know, we're hiring a new youth pa new pastor. Uh, we're, we're doing this huge renovation uh, project in our church. He's been putting in a lot of time. We think Brandon ought to have this Sunday off, have this week off, so he didn't have to preach on that Sunday. And I said, great, that's a good idea. I know Pastor Brandon has a lot of confidence in Greg. <laughs> and they said, well, maybe, you know, you're a pastor. Maybe you should do that. I don't think Brandon has asked me to do that. <laughs> Brandon has a lot of confidence in Greg. <laughs> but anyway, I, I feel it an honor to stand up here. I feel an honor to, to have spent this time with you this morning and, uh, and helped us to try to understand how this scripture uh, applies to our lives and how things happen in our lives when we don't even realize they're happening until later. And then we can look back on those things and realize what an amazing event and really the hand of God being part of that. So I'm going to invite you, if you would, I don't know if you'd, I, you know, I've worshiped here several times as a visitor uh, at Freedens, and I don't know how often you do this type of thing, but I would like for us to, I would like to us, for us to say this prayer together or this statement together uh, that I've written. I've, I'll say the words in gold if you can say the words in white. Could we do that? Could we do that? Okay, here we go. We're going to pray together. Dear God, we give you thanks for the first 10 years Brandon has served as pastor. We wish to give the glory to you, our Heavenly Father, As we look into the future, we will have the opportunity to take time to include God in our lives, to honor God, and to give the credit to God.
Thank you. Thank you. As we reflect on this scripture, we just want to remember that those two followers to Emmaus uh, for the previous three years had, had seen Jesus teaching and healing and doing miracles. They called him their king at that time. And, but then they saw him tried and tortured and crucified and laid stone cold dead in that tomb. And then there were rumors. There were rumors that the tomb was empty. So those two followers on that road to Emmaus were tired. They were scared. They were disappointed. They were probably confused and disillusioned. And they were probably wondering, what's next? Or they were probably thinking, I need someone to talk to this about. But yes, Jesus did interpret Scripture to them. And that's what I believe you all are trying to do every week when you gather together here on Sunday mornings, is you're trying to, to understand and together with Brandon's leadership, trying to interpret what Scripture's all about. And they had questions. So Jesus answered their questions about the things they didn't understand. And I believe that's what your pastor is trying to do for you, is help you to answer those questions that we sometimes have in our lives. Questions like, why do bad things happen to good people? Questions like, what happens after we die? We all have questions in our lives. Questions like, God, why don't you work a miracle in this situation? And, you know, we watch the news, don't we? And we see all the bad news in the world and close by. And we wonder why that doesn't happen. I believe, though, God is active and present in our lives, even through the hard things that happen here on earth because God is in charge of the final outcome. We ask questions like, why is life not fair? Life on earth is not fair. Grace showers down on everyone, but like rain, it showers more in some places than others. Questions. But I believe the answers that Christ wants us to have is that I will walk with you. I want to walk with you. I will never leave you or forsake you, no matter what you're walking through. I will guide you. I will be your counselor and your friend through whatever it is in life that we're going through, the celebrations and the hard things. And I believe that God would tell us, be patient. Everything will be okay. Everything will be okay. And I believe that God would be telling us, I am God and I am in charge of the final outcome. Praise be to God for that. Praise be to God. Would you pray with me, please? Dearest Lord Jesus, you've blessed us in so many wonderful ways. We thank you for the gift of this day. We thank you for the wonderful love that you have for us. We give you thanks for being mindful of us we give you thanks for your grace that has caused us to, us to have faith in you. We thank you for being saved by our faith and because, only because of your grace, not because of anything that we've done or anything that we will we'll do, but we give you thanks for our faith in you because of your grace. Dear Lord, we give you thanks for your Holy Spirit who is with us as our comforter and counselor and our friend. We give you thanks for the church, for the other people who encourage us and guide us and help us. 
We give you thanks for your church where we can be helpers and guides and encouragers. Dear Lord, your grace is amazing. Your faith is unfailing. And we have confidence in you as our Lord and Savior. Dear Lord, we give you thanks for all the leaders who have been in this Freedom's Church over the past many, many years. Help us to celebrate today Brandon's 10 years in leadership here at Freedom's. Help us to look forward to the future, the future that Freedom's has, the future that Freedom's has as the, as the place for followers to be called out of the world and take time to grow. Dear Lord, thank you for always hearing our prayers and answering our prayers. I pray a special blessing on each person here. I pray a special blessing on each person who is part of Freedoms but was unable to be here today. And dear Lord, help us to be your, to be your servants and your faithful followers in the future. And all these things we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.